out to our In the Garden uh, regular feature with Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre. Uh, Tom, uh, good morning. Thanks, thanks for joining us yet again. Very good morning to you, Peter, and thanks for having me. No problem at all, Tom. So uh, you're going to focus on um, growing roses. Yeah, so this morning chat, we're going to have a little bit about a chat about growing roses and they're one of the most kind of beautiful and, and well-known and but a very versatile garden plant. So the popularity of roses, it's quite easy to understand with their stunning flowers, beautiful scent and fragrance. And there's a huge variety of forms, anything from patio roses to shrub roses. You've got ramblers and climbers. Nearly all of them make an excellent cut flower. Um, the single flower varieties are great pollinator pl- uh, plants and some varieties are, are used by bees as a nesting location. So having pollinator-friendly plants, I- encouraging pollinators to your garden will result in better yields on any of your fruit and veg crops and your flowers as well. Most, re- uh, most roses need sun and good soils to thrive. Some will grow in, well in somewhat partial shade and, and maybe slightly poorer soils. There really is a rose or maybe two or three roses for every garden. The likes of Gertrude Jekyll and the Poet's Wife, they're two good roses for partial shade. They're in the David Austin collection, but they'll handle a bit of partial shade. Uh, potted roses can be planted at any time of the year, as long as the soil conditions are suitable for planting. Um, so at the moment, a lot of soil is a little bit wet, but depending on, on specific gardens. They also they need rich, moist and, and well-drained soil. Uh, and roses are they're a hard-working plant, so they want well-prepared ground, and you should mulch them annually with some organic matter, such as well-rotted farmyard manure or animal manure, and consider using a rose feed to promote flowering in the summer. So a liquid feed like Nutri-1 is an excellent liquid feed, or you can get Osmo Pro Bloom. is a very good granulated feed for roses. So this time of year, it's ideal to cut back your roses. This helps to promote um, healthy growth. It helps control the shape and encourage flowering. We have an old saying that says, get your enemy to prune your roses. And that kind of reminds us to cut them back hard, uh, right down to maybe 9 or 10 inches from the ground. So cutting to an outward-facing bud also helps prevent uh, compacted growth. And removing closely positioned stems that might rub or uh, compete for space is good practice. And also to remove short, dead lengths of stem where there's no growth on them. And any thin or twiggy stems which are likely to produce uh, which are unlikely to produce anything worthwhile in terms of growth and flowering potential now some people you know might overcomplicate the pruning you could just get a head shears and cut them right back and be done with it but you can you can follow those steps as i outlined as you want but i wouldn't i wouldn't not do it for fear of it being complicated uh, shrub roses they can be grown in a bed all by themselves or you can have them part of a of a mixed shrub border if you like you can also grow a shrub rose in a large container. Just keep an eye on the watering. Uh, they don't want to dry out at any stage at all. So uh, okay in pots as long as you, you, you're mindful of the watering. Climbing roses, these, these are perfect plants to add a bit of height to a garden without being too vigorous. There's lots of varieties to choose from. Galway Bay and Dublin Bay are two very popular uh, climbing varieties. They can be grown on a trellis, up house walls. You can grow them along garden fences or over pergolas or up on a large obelisk. Then you've got rambling roses. These are often confused with climbing roses, but ramblers are far more vigorous than climbers and bear one fantastic flush of flowers, usually around June, and they're followed by colourful uh, rose hips. Whereas climbing roses, they often repeat flower and they have larger flowers. So rambling roses need plenty of space as they will grow quite quickly. They're ideal for covering, uh, for growing up a tree or maybe tumbling over a wall. They're perfect for covering maybe an eyesore in, in the garden, such as an unsightly shed or an outbuilding of some kind. Uh, 
uh, growing a rambling rose up through an apple tree is a nice idea. So you'll get flowers after the apple blossom has finished on your apple tree and you'll have your flowers from the roses, but it'll be there before the fruit emerges. So it's a nice combination to do something like that. Uh, ground cover roses, they're very popular in recent times. So they have a trailing or a spreading habit. They're ideal for growing in a container, maybe at the front of a border or on a steep bank. Many of the modern introductions have good disease resistance, especially the flower carpet series. So you'll see lots of flower carpet roses in the garden centres, a really good selection of roses to grow. If given the right conditions, ground cover roses can help suppress weeds and flower carpet roses tend not to need much in the way of spraying or, or minding or maintenance. So they're a really popular and really good choice. Uh, from time to time, roses can be affected by some pests and diseases. So keeping your plants well fed and correctly watered will help maintain a strong, healthy plant. And good garden hygiene at the base of the plant will also reduce instances of fungal diseases. So good garden hygiene and, and just looking after your plants will make them a bit more resistant to pests and diseases. Also growing what we call companion plants to attract natural predators of aphids can help keep the green fly to a minimum. The likes of French marigolds and calendulas and even, even apple blossom are great for attracting hoverflies and hoverflies love eating aphids and green flies. Also, having some bird feeders close, uh, close by might bring some feathered friends who will help by eating up some slugs and snails. So you can do a little bit of that kind of uh, symbiotic relationships or, or helpful ha hands around the place. If pests and diseases uh, are caught and treated early before they get out of hand, you'll need to use less pesticides. So keeping an eye on your plants and trying to nip things in the bud, so to speak. Uh, Rose Clear is, is also a very good product. Uh, it'll both kill green fly and it acts as a preventative treatment for rust and black spot. And it's available in an organic format as well. A few other products, the likes of Garlic Wonder and Grazers, they're very eco-friendly and effective in keeping pests at bay and adding strength and vigour to your roses. So, if you're new to roses, go ahead, pick out a nice scented variety, plant it in a container or on the ground and enjoy the fragrance and the flowers and you'll soon see why they're such a popular plant. Um, Tom, just before we get to um, a few jobs for, for the week ahead, we've got loads and loads of uh, inquiries here from listeners in relation to, to different issues. Um, a message here from Maria O'Brien from La Hinch, for example. She says she's inquiring on how best to look after small spruce trees. So I have them in a large pot. Uh, she lives near the coast and she finds that they burn easily and that pips fall off. So any advice for Maria? Yeah, good morning, Maria. So your, your small spruce trees, um, no harm to have them in pots and it might give the advantage of potentially moving them to a more sheltered location, maybe either at the back of the house or the front of the house, wherever is uh, sheltered from the prevailing winds. Um, certainly they don't want to dry out. Sometimes I find that spruce trees, they can end up getting a bit waterlogged if there isn't good drainage in the pot. So just be mindful that um, obviously keep them adequately, adequately watered, Maria, but you, you don't want them to suffer too much water. And sometimes you'll get that browning effect if they get a bit waterlogged. And I think it sounds like they're suffering a little bit of wind burn as well. So potentially if you can provide a more sheltered location uh, out of the prevailing wind, if your pots are sitting on saucers or anything like that, which can be somewhat beneficial to, to collect excess water, just make sure they're not sitting in a saucer full of water all the time because the excess water can't escape and it, it mimics, it's the same kind of um, effect as overwatering. So no harm to have them in pots. Obviously, as I said, don't let them dry out. You can give them a more sheltered location um, and we'll say next month in March when the soil and, and air temperatures start to warm a little bit, you could give them a small handful of a granulated fertiliser, any kind of multi-purpose one would do fine, Maria, and, and uh, hopefully it'll come good for you. And um, um, a question as well, Tom, from Kay. Um, she says she's got a, a rose bush that isn't flowering. It always flowered until last year. 
it was always cut back and well fed. She doesn't know the name of it, but uh, when in flower, it's beautiful and, and healthy. So any advice for Kate on it? Yeah, good morning, Kay. Um, so generally speaking, it sounds like you're ticking all the right boxes. You're, um, you're keeping them well fed and watered. You're cutting them back good and hard. Um, just check that it hasn't suffered any wind rock, that it hasn't kind of, and it, sometimes in, in winter and, and stormy conditions, roses can suffer uh, wind rock, which can um, debilitate them a little bit and knock them back. So after any storms or, or any kind of windy conditions, it's always good to go check your roses and maybe just gently, but kind of somewhat firmly firm them back into the ground if they have have suffered a bit of wind rock. But I think they're one of those plants that are, they're, they're quite difficult to kill really if you cut them back hard every year you're nearly getting a new plant or you're getting new growth every year so I'd say okay if you've cut, if you haven't cut them back already around about now is a good time to cut them back a good generous seed uh, any time from now on really will, will suit them good and um, fingers crossed you should have a, a nice selection of flowers on your roses again this year and uh, Bernie from Christine in touch as well she says she's redesigning her patio and currently has some brick planters with roses she says she's removing the planters so can you advise what would be best for the relocation of the roses? She's not sure if they would thrive better in a pot or in the ground. Hey, good morning, Bernie. Yeah, good question. So I suppose, as we said in the, in the piece earlier, roses are can be content enough in containers as long as it's of a decent enough size and um, and you keep an eye on the watering. So if that's something you can keep up with and, and you, know, you know you're not going to um, miss out on any watering, I don't mind them in pots, to be honest. I think sometimes pots lift plants up a little bit higher and it shows them off. So if it suits to, to put them into larger pots or keep them in, in pots, by all means, Bernie, you can do. Always use a, a good quality compost. Maybe mix a little bit of farmyard manure uh, through the compost just to make a nice rich medium. Um, keep them well watered. Um, cut them back as, as the same you would with roses in the ground. So now, again, you can follow a very similar action if you have a place in mind that's... Uh, somewhat sunny and maybe a little bit sheltered from strong winds out in the garden yeah prepare the soil a little bit dig in some compost and manure firm them in quite well plant them in and, and firm them in quite well and uh so either either bernie you wouldn't go wrong and maybe if, if you're not going to use those um those brick design planters and, and you want to relocate them you rose into a bigger pot by all means you can or into the ground you won't go wrong either way bernie um, there, there's loads of varied questions coming in Tom so I'll get through them as quickly as I can uh, John from Ennis he says what's the best way to remove moss from a driveway uh, Good morning John uh, I find uh, we have a product called Green Remover Moscow Green Remover uh, very effective and there's a couple of different uh, dilution rates depending if it's heavy growth or light growth but Moscow Green Remover you wouldn't go wrong with that one um, Brian from Kilnabai when growing potatoes would you cut your seeds in half when purchased or leave them full? A lot of people do uh, cut them in half, Brian. My own preference is to leave them full. I just, I, I don't know, it's probably just in my own head. I think cutting them might kind of introduce, it breaks the seal or breaks the skin around them, might introduce a little bit of kind of disease or rot or something. Now, loads of people do it, Brian, and, and you can by all means, but my own preference is to leave them as, as a full piece and um, you could chip them or sprout them at this time of the year looking to develop those short, dark purple uh, uh, sprouts uh, you could do that and then you could be planting them in the ground maybe in about a, a month's time around the middle of March but um, you can Brian either way you won't go too wrong but my own preference is to leave them uh, whole um, and Lynch from Ennis has been in touch as well she's got a problem with her parsnips uh, she says they're growing an extra couple of legs um, yeah sometimes and you'll get some root crops that um, will fork or fang I know certainly with carrots 
they don't like freshly manure ground when they're sown and sometimes that causes them to, to um, grow extra legs or to fork or to fang sometimes the, the term is called Parsons might be a bit similar it could be down to rocky or stony soil as well so they like you can imagine that like a nice easy straightforward transition through the soil so if you can kind of if it is rocky or stony soil if you can remove some of the, st- the soil and dig the soil nicely over maybe introducing a little bit of compost just to help open it up a little bit might uh, prevent um, that kind of forking uh, on them. Now, a lot of times they mightn't win a prize on a show bench, but a lot of times they still taste really nice. And if they're mashed up or chopped up, no one's to know. But I know it's, it's nice to have them the shape that they're meant to be in. So maybe just check that it's not freshly manured ground and it's not um, too stony or too rocky. Um, Mary Dunbeg is wondering, can she spray weeds in her lawn at the moment? And what, what should she use? She says her lawns are wet. Um, she's wondering should she wait until the weather is better and she wants to know can she feed her lawns now as well? Uh, good question Mary. So we're just probably in between at the moment. You, if you were to spray the weeds on the lawn now you'll probably find the weed killer is not quite as effective as it would be if you waited a little bit longer. Now I like to nip things in the bud but I think you need a little bit more growth so you need the soil temperature to come up a little bit more to be effective on spraying the weeds and we recommend a really good lawn weed killer called Dicofar. So Dicofar is, is the name of the lawn weed killer. It's particularly good um, and I, I recommend using that which you might want to wait a couple of weeks and somewhat similar to your lawn feed, any of those granulated seeds, they need a slightly higher soil temperature um, than what we have at the moment. So maybe it might be mid-March, late March if, if weather improves a little bit and currently as you said Mary, the lawn being so wet, sometimes walking on very wet lawns or walking very wet ground you kind of damage the soil structure a little bit underneath and you cause a little bit of compaction which down the line isn't doing you any favour so I'd say um, avoid kind of walking or, or bringing the lawn more onto the lawn at the moment uh, or any any feeds or, or, or sprays but before you know it Mary um, it'll be kind of mid-March or late March and it'll be plenty of time for doing it then And a question uh, Tom from Maura she, she says is there a miniature eating apple tree suitable for growing in a large tub and her her garden is a sheltered small garden near the sea Brilliant Maura yeah really good question so there's a variety of apples called coronet and the coronets, as you described, they're a miniature apple tree. You can get them as a family variety where two varieties have been grafted onto one stem and they're ideal for growing in pots. So maybe something like a 25 or 30 litre pot would be ideal for that. And um, uh, that would, they, they work really well. So now you can get them, as, as I said, a family tree or the solo variety. Uh, really, really good plants to grow by um, Pat McDonald down in, I think he's down in Waterford. Our Wexford, but he, he grows some lovely fruit. So they're something we, we'd have in stock, uh, and they're well worth growing and ideal for pots. Um, and if you, as you describe more, if you have a sunny, sheltered spot, all the better. So really good. Look out for the coronet miniature apple trees. So Tom, um, a few jobs for, for the week ahead. Yeah, a few jobs to, to, for people to consider. There's onion sets and shallots and garlic. They're all available to buy at this time of the year. Pick up your own favourite varieties, and you can maybe even start a, a new. Um, a new variety that haven't grown before. With spring in the air, you could dig in some farmer manure into beds to condition and enrich your soil, and they'll be available in bags in most of your garden centres. Um, the likes of your summer flowering bulbs are available to buy this time of the year, so the likes of dahlias, begonias, lilies, agapanthus, gladioli, all great for summer colour and really easy to grow, so they're definitely worth considering. Uh, seed potatoes, as we mentioned earlier, they're available to buy now, and you can chit or sprout your seed potatoes. That'll help give you somewhat of an earlier harvest, and maybe even a bigger yield. Uh, you can also grow potatoes in containers if you don't fancy a whole lot of digging so some of the early varieties are good for containers. Something like Charlotte or Home Guard would be a good choice. 
and tomato plants, cabbage and lettuce plants will be available for us uh, from this weekend. So if you fancy getting an early start and growing some veg, um, there'll be a few choices there for you to consider. So that's the job for the week ahead, Peter. That's fantastic, Tom. It's been great talking to you. Many, many thanks indeed again to Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre. Um, and just before we take a break, um, the winners, two winners for the 30-year vouchers for Keynes Garden Centre, two winners are Aoife in Corafen and Maria O'Brien in La Hinch. So thanks indeed to both Aoife and Maria and indeed many other people as well who sent in uh, very perceptive questions.